Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, as always, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, as always, Samael. Welcome back, Gravers, to episode 104 Jeez. of the most fear-inducing, terrifying, and entertaining podcast on the airwaves. We're doing our best. That's right, yeah. Um, you know, we did. We kind of didn't uh, <laughs> do a title for this episode yet, but you'll see what it's all about once we get into the meat and potatoes of it, but uh, I'm really excited. You know, this is actually our first episode of 2023 officially, uh, even though, you know, the other one released, I think, like after the new year. But this is the first one we're recording this year, uh, which I'm very excited about. We're going to be covering a pretty polarizing film so i think it's a perfect launching pad for grave discussions for this year and uh, we're only going to be aiming to do even more stuff in 2023 so um, expect more great topics more reviews and everything else but yeah I'm, I'm super pumped to get into this episode sam i am too i really wanted to talk about this one and i really wanted to see what you know you had to say about it because this movie is super like divisive like either everyone's like it sucks i don't it's fucking stupid or like well that was pretty good like that's pretty much it that's all that's going on on social media right now yeah exactly and you know that is the case for a lot of horror movies nowadays but this one in particular is getting the brunt of it especially because the word of mouth has been so strong uh it, it's similar in that respect i guess to terrifier 2 but this movie has I mean, the extreme ends of the spectrum of, like, subjective opinion are even more extreme, in my opinion, than Terrifier 2. It's it's just, we, we might as well uh, say what it is. So, if you don't already know, we're going to be doing a discussion about Skinamarink. Yep. And, and we're bringing back in this episode the ever-popular cult corner and as you, well and you know that's always my favorite segment oh yeah i know that's why you know i wanted to do it and we're covering a movie today that you've actually never seen before which Surprising. is rare i know yeah <laughs> the one one that i've seen one that you have not seen so i'm very excited to hear your thoughts about the movie that we're going to be covering today which is give you guys a sneak peek a 1985 zombie slasher i guess all the way from Mexico called Cemetery of Terror. Imagine like imagine like Halloween had a baby with Thriller and had a baby with Evil Dead and had a baby with Return of the Living Dead. Exactly. Yeah, so if that doesn't get you pumped, I don't know what will, but before we dive into that, we're not going to be doing any of the news segments or anything like that that we used to do, but I am curious Sam, you know, what your opinion is of horror in 2023 so far. Um, so far, it's been, honestly, I'm like, meh, like there hasn't been anything that's like stuck out to me lately. Um, I'm really excited for the new Scream 6, mm -hmm. and I mean, what else is coming out this year? Refresh my memory, because I've just been stuck at work and I'm having burnout. Yeah, I hear you. Well, Scream is obviously one of the big ones. Uh, we've also got, actually coming out tomorrow as of this recording i think uh is it tomorrow or maybe saturday the 17th i believe is that movie that the new found footage uh movie called the outwaters oh. which has also been getting some some attention 
uh, kind of a more independent release, obviously, but but uh, that one's coming out. We've got Scream. God, what else is coming out this year? I know there's more stuff, but like now you put me on the spot, so I don't <laughs> I don't um, exactly remember. But I, I I know there's I know there's more. Is this Outwaters one going to be like where 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 is it coming out? Where can we let the I people know? I actually think, if I'm not mistaken, that Screambox is going to have it. I'm not surprised. They've been uh, yeah. they've been trying to compete with Shutter lately. First with the Terrifier, and mm-hmm. then the, that Scream remake, like Bollywood like remake that came out in like 2003. I don't know what the yeah. hell that was about. And then now this. I mean, Screambox is trying, man. I've tried Screambox, and like when both Screambox and Shutter like initially came out shutter cost money and i was looking at both of their layouts and Screenbox had basically the exact same layout as shutter it's mm-hmm. just like uh i don't want to say poor man's shutter because that's mean it's just like like the great val- great value version of shutter <laughs> yeah kind of it, it Screenbox is is cool in concept i mean they they are starting to get some like unique kind of exclusives and movies on there. I mean, there are some good movies on there, but when you kind of go into it, there are not that many movies in general. And when you like hit the front page, mainly all I've seen, I like, cause I looked today and the first three movies were some like super vague, uh, like Asian horror movies that I've never even heard of some like, indonesian stuff or whatever like and you know those movies are usually pretty good but these ones i don't know i've never even heard of them they looked kind of mid sort of you know so um this outwaters is probably going to be their next like big thing that comes out before that it was that pennywise documentary which i haven't seen yet but i've i've heard is good i covered it for screen rant a little bit um so so they have some things here and there but it's they still have a ways to go before they catch up with Shutter, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's going to be a while, especially since Shutter's owned by AMC, so they have yeah. the funding behind it too. And isn't Streambox like? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't they through like Bloody Disgusting or something? Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I don't know. They're all related because they're all under like the same parent company or whatever. But um, you know, I, I will say though, I'm I'm actually looking right now to see what other like big things are coming out in 2023, but so far for horror it hasn't been too bad i have missed a few of the bigger releases unfortunately like i missed megan and i missed infinity pool but i plan on watching those very soon yeah same um obviously i watched knock at the cabin if uh, you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet we launched our youtube channel grave discussions uh, with the very first episode of barnabas's boneyard which is uh me covering knock at the cabin so Spoiler free, if you haven't seen that video yet, I encourage you to go check it out, drop a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. So there have been some, you know, uh, significant releases so far, but not that many. I mean, last year, you know, we had Scream 5, or 5 Cream, not five <laughs> come, cream. <laughs> come out in uh, January, I believe, right? So that yeah. was like already starting off big, and then we had like a plethora of other horror releases come out, but... Um, so far, those are like the three biggest, I guess, releases and Megan, well, and Skinnamarink, obviously, but, um, but, but that's it kind of so far. Nothing like humongous, like no huge franchise thing. It's mostly been these kind of, uh, you know, first entries in an IP, which have gotten some traction, but 
um that, that that's kind of it so far so i'm hoping like in the summertime it'll like really pick up i hope so there's probably a lot of horror movies coming out too that they just haven't really announced yet too because like you know mm-hmm. hollywood loves to keep shit a surprise and then all of a sudden they're like next month for the first time we are doing a sequel to the original puppet master like it's always something yeah. crazy exactly oh how could i forget of course evil dead rise coming out in oh April. my god that's gonna be huge see that's the one i'm most excited about because Same. i mean we were just playing evil dead like earlier and honestly mm. after the podcast olivia wants to play evil dead so i pres- yeah. i prestige my ed and she prestiged her henry the red twice nice it dude nice. It, it's crazy you got to get like you got to do like a million damage you got to kill mm. like t- 150 boss units it takes a lot to prestige and you have to put in a lot of hours but ever since you introduced me to evil dead i've been like a big crackhead for it like <laughs> it is it is my favorite horror franchise i'm gonna say that right now mine's used to be halloween but now like it's evil dead and like one million percent like without a doubt yeah, and i know how i feel when i discovered it well i didn't even discover it my dad owned like army of darkness on vhs when i was a kid and i was just obsessed with that movie when i was a kid i didn't even know at the time that it was preceded by like two other films until i eventually like saw those and then i was just you know a, a like a crack addict for it like you said for life so i never knew um, uh, yeah i never knew who like ash was i remember seeing like a man with a chainsaw hand at like mm-hmm. when i used to go to the mall and we used to have this store called suncoast which eventually turned into fye and they used mm-hmm. to carry a lot of horror action figures and one of them was like ash with the chainsaw hand and like the background mm-hmm. said army of darkness and he was like it was like the you know like the vhs cover where he's like standing on the car or whatever with his chainsaw hand and all those demons and i was like is he good is he bad like what's going on because mm-hmm. i like had no fucking idea like it yeah. was it's wild but now like bruce campbell is um definitely goaded in 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 my mind he is he's the king of horror to me yeah i agree dude well we'll see if evil dead rise can you know hold a candle to those movies and we've got you know stuff like renfield uh su- supposedly a new insidious movie new, that new exorcist movie. remake the crow Ooh. remake uh, yeah, I, if that's coming out this year, then that's like a dark which drama. It's like a dark drama, but I feel like it. It's it's yeah, still it's adjacent. Counts. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, got the Nun two, Saw X, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which uh, I'm actually pretty excited about. So there are several other movies as well, like the new Ari Aster movie, which I, too early to tell if that can really be classified as horror or adjacent to horror. It kind of looks more like a twisted dark comedy type of thing but did we talk about the exorcist there's that one too right yeah yeah yeah. the exorcist remake supposedly coming out haven't heard fucking a lick about that movie really no i've just heard that it's coming out this year maybe january we'll see like well no that's past so nope well we'll see but there is definitely plenty to look forward to as far as horror goes in 2023 i'm hoping you know there's some gems but we're just gonna have to see i'm gonna try to uh watch as much as i can in fact uh you know we're going to be doing more for the youtube channel and uh, i may even be doing some guest film criticism for um uh, a friend of mine as well on his website so you know i'll be catching some more horror movies as well hopefully you know you can watch some more as well and uh this is going to be a good year but you know let's just jump right into it with our cult corner it's been a while since we've really had a cult corner segment and i know we're both itching to talk about a cult classic so 
Let's dive right into it, man. Cemetery of Terror. I was honestly shocked when you messaged me like, let's do Cemetery of Terror. It's on Shudder. Because literally like not too long before that, I was watching In Search of Darkness Part 3 and it was one of the movies. So I didn't really go into this one like super blind. And I know this guy directed other movies like Grave Robbers and like Don't Panic. And now I think he like, he like directs like telenovelas or something like. Yeah, I don't know what really happened to him, but he did you know direct a slew of like still kind of under the radar uh mexican like you know 80s inspired well they were released in the 80s but you know what i mean like american slasher inspired yeah they seemed uh um, horror movies they seemed akin to like maybe like a fulci zombie movie or like yeah like uh who's that one guy uh bruno mate who made all those like really shitty like zom- Italian zombie movies in yeah. the 80s like it seemed like it, all that tombs of the blind dead and shit like yeah, that yeah it seemed it seemed like uh really adjacent to those and i mean mm-hmm. i love those honestly like i mean anything like fulci or bruno mattei or anything italian zombie like inspired where i know he said he got the inspiration of this one from like thriller and from halloween mm-hmm. but there i mean you see like many elements of like old school zombies not like rising from the dead because of a you know like some sort of illness no these were like you know like returning from the dead demonic like zombies and i like Mm -hmm. honestly i like those better than like infected zombies like i don't like the whole infection not counting the last of us that shows fire but you know stuff like oh you know someone got bit now another guy got bit now the world's infected no i like some demonic force like you know in Mm -hmm. like remember dead pit and then like the beyond yeah like those are sick those type of movies like and this this Mm -hmm. was like really really similar tonally i think to those like the atmosphere um sure the acting is like a little goofy but like i'm guessing it's like a culture thing because you know like italian movies look weird to us and they don't make sense to Mm -hmm. us but you know to italians it makes complete sense like giallo films and like how they're so outlandish sometimes and like even asian horror because like that's their culture i'm sure a lot of like movies like our movies are like really confusing to like Mm -hmm. people who aren't from this country so i feel like uh i feel like cemetery of terror was like great i mean it started off with this like whole like dr loomis and michael myers type angle adding in with like the evil dead like they had like some like evil book and Mm -hmm. There was zombies later on in the movie, and I liked the score a lot. Every time the the killer would come out, like I don't know, it was just it was just really fun, kind of goofy at times, and and we know eighties like in like the eighties when like people would like fight like zombies or whatever, all the wacky sound effects like and like yeah. they're throwing wild kicks and punches, and it looks really <laughs> goofy. But you know yeah. that was that was. It's a timepiece. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, it, it's funny too because when I first came across this movie, I totally thought it was like one of those schlocky Italian, like zombie movies. And then come to realize that it's actually a Mexican film. But I don't know if it's just because American slashers were so. Uh, how do I say this? I don't know. Just, just kind of in their own little bubble. Yeah. That you know, and and I mean, they were really they really originated that specific style of slasher that was, you know, evocative of, like, the Italian giallo, but also kind of its own thing because of, like, the the teenage, like, focus on everything, yeah. you know, from, from the perspective of the teen- teenagers and everything. Um, 
so when you take it outside of america it, it definitely feels a little bit different but you can see that influence for sure like you said and um the director uh ruben galindo jr he said uh, i actually saw the uh director's commentary track of it because i own the uh blu-ray oh no way yeah and uh which is which is worth picking up if from uh, vinegar syndrome if uh, if you ever want to but uh i i watched the director's commentary and you know he said um that yeah he was inspired by halloween and by thriller and some of the um people who worked on the film with him actually worked on thriller i think specifically the people who did the creature effects oh, worked on thriller that so makes a lot can, of sense. <laughs> yeah you can see the the influence there already plus you know one of the boys has like a michael jackson like jacket on him because it's halloween of course there you go already you know yeah, another influence notice. another reason why I, I figured you would like it. it takes place during halloween so they got their costumes and everything perfect night for like a satanic ritual right of course it is so, i mean there's not more of a perfect night i mean yeah. what it did different though is at first we thought we were going to be focusing on the teenagers getting slashed mm -hmm. up and surviving the whole movie but no all the spoiler alert the teenagers all get taken out and then yeah it's it follows like a group of like little kids like preteens who are like you know trick-or-treating and then they end up in the fucking in the cemetery and then some fire comes out of the grave and then they're running around and the girls the girls are crying because you know little girls cry and the little boys were like oh and then they were like running upstairs and then hiding and i don't know some of the camera work was like i don't want to say funky but I want, mm -hmm. unorthodox but the way it was shot was like pretty cool and like i do like it see because by this time in america horror movies in 1985 were bordering that horror comedy side yeah it wasn't like the early 80s was the time for like serious like slasher movies like like the prowler and my bloody valentine which we just watched last night like all those mm -hmm. like serious like mood and tonal movies like and then it wasn't until like the mid to late 80s where everything started being like really goofy and then you know i mean evil mm -hmm. dead 2 look at evil dead 2 I mean, look at the, the difference. Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Yeah, like uh, everything shifted from like horror to horror comedy, and then, then the '90s was like the fucking Scream ripoffs, and but this one like right smack dab in the middle of the 1980s, and it had that early 1980s feel, like I said, akin to like The Beyond or like House by the Cemetery, like especially with those like those one zombies coming out the um the tomb, like the ones that are like on the mm -hmm. cover of like Cemetery of Terror, those like bald ones with like the sinking eyes kind of yep. reminds me of the doctor from, you know, um, House by the Cemetery. Yep. Yeah, man. It, it's it's all very, very cool. And if there is any comedy, you know, it's not intentional necessarily. And you can see all that right from the beginning of the film with the, well, I, I don't know if you can kind of decipher this, you know, as a viewer, but uh, when I was watching the director's commentary, he was talking about how right at like the very first scene of the film is the the killer's POV basically on the doctor in his dream. And so it already has this sort of supernatural tone to it because it starts you off from the perspective of the killer in a dream and everything. And then as he's murdering a victim, and then it goes into the the doctor and into this whole that's where you know kind of segues into this teenage angle which again is influenced by 
those early 80s American slasher movies like Halloween. But then they get right into the the classic kind of elements, you know, the raunchy stuff with the the teen boys wanting to impress the teen girls. They go to this like abandoned house, which was actually a real funeral home, uh, which is cool. The the set was awesome, by the way. You know, I really loved the house that they went to and that like cemetery and everything. And then they go, they find like um, this black book, which of course is like a, you know, book of satanic rites and rituals and everything that they don't know about, but, but it's real. And then they go and steal a body from the morgue, which of course just so happens to be the dead serial killer who they resurrect. And now he's like possessed by Satan and the guy fucking like resurrects all these zombies. So it, it's a little bit different, you know, it's got inklings of kind of everything that preceded it, you know, the 80s slashers, the Italian giallo, those schlocky Italian supernatural zombie movies, Fulci and all that, Mario Bava. And I don't know, I think it, it combines all this, but it's not too overwhelming. I think it's able to make it work within like the context of everything. And I like that it does something a little bit different and kills off all the teenagers and makes it focus on the kids because when it's focused on the kids it just makes everything that much more terrifying in my opinion you know like you can tell there's like actual real stakes here i mean it would have been one other thing if if he actually killed off any of the kids spoiler alert you know none of them die but it's just the plain fact that they're in this situation now and so the stakes are raised and the tension immediately is raised along with that. So then the rest of the movie, you're just kind of like at the edge of your seat thinking like, okay, are any of these kids going to bite the dust? Yeah. And I really, or are did, they going to like make it out? And I really didn't want them to bite the dust because who cares about, you know, horny teenagers or people in their mid twenties. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to a rock concert, like shut up. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's why I actually appreciate this movie because it had that influence, but it did something just a little bit different enough and then you have all the you know gore all the cool practical zombie effects even the the killer himself is is pretty cool you don't see too much of him but i like that they went a little bit different they went away from using like the stereotypical knife instead he's got these like claws that he kills people with and he pulls out their intestines and shit yeah he really fucks them up (laughs) So uh, it's cool. Yeah, I just really liked those slight variations to the the classic formula, even though a lot of the classic formula elements are still there in in one way or another. And then I also just really dug like the tone of the movie, you know. The tone was big for me and you know how me and you we like these movies that all happen in either like one day or one night. I don't like that 5 weeks later, 10 weeks later since Mm -hmm. xyz got possessed or whatever like i like something that happens a group of people or like one person or two people even and it's like over like a five hour period and all this crazy shit happens like that's yeah those are my favorite i like isolated incidents yeah i do too there are really only a few kind of rare exceptions to that but that's that's the kind of the problem i have with a lot of movies like smile for example is that you know yeah, I, I get it. It's like this whole like curse thing that lasts over a while. And that can be terrifying too, but I don't know. It's just so much more intense for me when it's happening over the course of like a night 
or this very like small pocket of time or short pocket of time because it just I don't know really ratchets up the the excitement and just makes you feel like okay they they don't have a lot of time to live everything's kind of happening at once and it also helps with the pace of the film I think so in in this movie I think the pacing is pretty great uh, a little slow I mean not really even that slow at the beginning it only takes like 15 to 20 minutes for the the teenagers to like get to the house and already like things are looking creepy and then they encounter the book and everything kind of just kicks off from there so it's not even like slow it's like an hour and a half long movie but i just think the way that the story progresses is good and yeah uh you know i was just really entertained by it for the most part um also i mean as far as the acting goes yeah in general not the best some of the kids were actually pretty good and then hugo stiglitz as the um doctor i think cardan is his name was definitely the the standout i think he was probably the most established actor in this film like by far so that's no surprise but yeah i mean not the best movie in the world not even probably the best zombie movie in the world but the atmosphere was there it was dark you know i don't know if it was stormy but it's just it uh, had when they were doing the nice ritual vibe. when they were doing the ritual yeah. it was storming which i liked i mean the atmosphere was like the main thing of the movie and like not really mm-hmm. seeing the killer up until a certain point like you see him like laying on the grave when they're like when he's coming back to life and then he's just kind of creeping in the shadows and stuff and clawing people and ripping their intestines out and i honestly Ooh. enjoyed it at times at times it got like slow kind of like he would kill someone he'd kill another person and it would slow down for 10 minutes and then it would pick up again and then at one point it picked up and it just didn't fucking stop there was one thing after another like one of the kids was even like, I need to sit down and take a breather. And he's like, we don't have time to sit down. We'll find, we'll, re- we'll rest later, dude. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I, I definitely agree with that. There are, you know, some moments where it just kind of like stops for the most part and then just gets into like some dialogue or something. But I, I don't think it detracted too much from the overall action. So I still enjoyed it. Uh, so, you know, if, if you are a fan of those kind of nostalgic 80s slashers, this one I think will definitely do it for you. Uh, it's just, it's like I said, it's got all those elements. It's a fun ride through and through. The special effects are pretty good. The story, the story is, is super, you know, redundant, but it does have like some of those little tiny differences that'll have you going like, okay, like that's cool. I respect that they did that because it's a little bit different. And uh, if you are interested in watching it, it's on Shutter or I believe AMC Plus. If you have that, you can also purchase the Blu-ray. I don't know where else it it's available, but I got mine from Vinegar Syndrome. Like I said before, they it's have a Amazon. really nice edition. Yep, you can get it off Amazon as well. Could also be maybe it's the the same edition. I don't know. I, I think it is. Yeah, they sell Vinegar Syndrome on Amazon. That's where I got yeah. uh, all of my Vinegar Syndrome ones and the ones i did and i just got from ebay yep yeah so you know if you're interested you can buy it um i'm gonna probably check out his movie grave robbers at some point too i think that one's also on shutter yeah don't panic might be i'm not sure if don't panic is but everyone's saying that one's pretty good i mean look if you like stuff like the beyond or hell of the living dead Mm -hmm. 
and like zombie and like you know house by the cemetery or even spookies you should Mm -hmm. definitely check this movie out agreed and you know i'll i'll leave off with this one final thing too for all its faults uh i learned this on a director's commentary the the director this was his first feature film ever and he was only like 23 years old when he did it he kicked ass that's that's pretty impressive yeah his dad was like a producer though and obviously he had a lot of help from like more experienced people on the set but still pretty impressive so um hats off to him i i I don't know what he's doing now directing telenovelas but maybe he should get back (laughs) into another horror film you know he could uh could do something cool so um that's uh that's it for cemetery of terror guys if you have seen it let us know what you think about it if you have not we definitely encourage you to seek it out and uh, just have a good fun night. You know, this is definitely a good like Friday night, Saturday night. 100%. Watch. Or yeah. even like if you're like staying in, like if you got a day off from work, mm-hmm. like during the week and it's like raining out and it's like, you know, 10 in the morning, stay in bed, turn this shit on, relax before you start your day. Honestly, it's, it's a good way. I mean, I did that with like fucking like, uh, what was the movie? Um, I think it was zombie when I watched the original like z- oh, zombie yeah. two, you know, Fulci's stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. and I, it's it's one of those man. Like it's it's an enjoyable like Saturday night, Saturday morning. Who cares? It's on your single day off. Pop it in in the morning and you know just just chill. I mean it's it's really mm-hmm. fun honestly. Or on like a rainy day, it fits the atmosphere. It's it's super moody. The killer's pretty badass. It's like a mix of nine different movies. So, I mean, you'll enjoy it if you love the 80s. And it's one you probably haven't seen. It's not like we're like, yeah, go watch, you know, The Burning or Sleepaway Camp. Like, no, yeah. add a add a new classic to your repertoire and add a new classic Halloween movie. Yeah, exactly. That's what, we, that's what I aim to do with this one, honestly, because I know a lot of people probably have not seen it. And people are always like, oh, I've seen everything. But I don't know if you've seen this one. So, uh, it's this is for sure a cult film one million percent yeah it's like one of those uh one of those straight to vhs um Mm -hmm. sold by a small distribution company to local video stores that you would walk in with your parents and be like "Ooh, the cover like the cover is the thing that grabs you and then Mm -hmm. you take it home and you find like one of your like one of your weird suppressed memories from when you were a kid hey there was a movie and there was a guy and there was a book and he was killing people by scratching them they were they were speaking spanish i think yeah (laughs) yeah for sure so great movie to kick uh back off the cult corner with and with that we're going to move into our main segment and talk about one of the most polarizing horror films in recent memory in skin of a rink but before we do that we're going to just take a very quick break stick around We'll be back with more Grave Discussions. And welcome back, fiends, to episode 104 of Grave Discussions. So, in the last segment, we covered a truly cult classic, Cemetery of Terror, And right now, we're going to cap off the episode with a discussion about one of the most divisive horror films to come out in probably the last few years, honestly. Uh, You know, well, since, God, which movie? Probably like Midsummer or something. So, I mean, Terrifier 2, you know, had its its share of uh, discussions, share of, you know, division, but 
I will say this this movie for sure takes the cake. So because I, it is challenging the status quo to kind of an extreme effect, you know. So Skidamarink is the directorial debut of a Canadian filmmaker by the name of Kyle Edward Ball, who directed and wrote the film and is uh, based on essentially his kind of like childhood nightmares, childhood fears, and all that stuff comes through, I think, um, very prominently. The movie itself, it's an experimental horror film, but is is very, 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 I guess I would say basic. The, the concept is that there are these two kids, a brother and a sister, who one night wake up and find that all the doors and windows to their house are have like mysteriously vanished and their father's nowhere to be found and you know they're just like scared and trying to figure out what's going on and there are some like strange voices and all they have is their you know television their cartoons and themselves to kind of keep each other safe and and sane so that's that's the basic premise but I mean, the film has garnered a lot of attention for a lot of reasons, but in particular, just because of of its approach. So why don't we talk about that a little bit, Sam? Uh, so it starts off, what, like, like shots of like the ceiling and of walls and then like closets opening and like stuff falling out. And then you hear the dad like, yeah, he fell and hit his head. No, yeah, he's mm-hmm. going to need stitches. He got stitches or whatever the hell. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, the dad's gone, the kids are walking around the house, and, like, there's shots of, like, Legos, and then, like, um, like, those, uh, what's the word for it? Those, like, copyright-safe cartoons from, like, the 1950s that are enough to give you, like, nightmares, like, the kind that would, like, play when you, like, fall asleep and then wake up in Mm -hmm. the middle of the night and your parents are falling asleep. Yeah, Yeah. like, those fucking nightmare fuels, and then I saw a bunch of Legos and stuff that I owned as a kid and, like, a lot of weird Mm. toys that I've seen before, and it was just giving me, like, weird childhood flashbacks, but the main thing is, like, there's these kids, their windows start disappearing, doors start disappearing, um, they're wondering where their dad went. They see their dad and their mom, yada, yada, yada. Basically, it's about, like, what I think it's about is um, I don't think... Um, here's here's my take on it. I think the kids are the dead ones, and the parents are mm-hmm. the ones that are still alive. That's why there's, like, a demon in this, like, purgatory where these kids are. And, like, I don't know. There's just so much to unpack, bro. Like, oh, my yeah. God. It's, it's a very, like... People are like, I don't get it. No, like I got it, but like, mm-hmm. um, well, that's the that's the thing. I mean, it, th- it it's difficult to even talk about because you know it, it's not super cut and dry, right? No, it's it's really not. I mean, it's supposed to be like those nightmares you have as a kid where you're yeah. like you can't find anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, literally, like after watching this movie, like the day after watching it. I literally had, like, a nightmare where I could not find my fiancé, like, and I was at home, literally, like, right after. I mean, I didn't even, like, have a nightmare or anything necessarily, but after, we watched it, um, actually, after going to see Knock at the Cabin, and, because we were a little underwhelmed by that movie, and I was like, you know, I I gotta watch Skinamarink, we're gonna be maybe covering that for the podcast, she was like, all right. At this point, it was, like, midnight, right? Perfect timing for, for this kind of a movie, so... We turned off all the lights, we were in bed, we turned on the movie, 
and we just like got right into the the whole mood of it and after she was kind of, I don't know, she was probably kind of joking around, but also like maybe 2% serious, like, you know, close the door because, you know, I don't want to look down the hallway and like see yeah. something crazy or whatever. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, that this movie sort of evokes in you, you know, because it, it is unsettling. Like, it's, it's very bare bones. That's the thing. And I think that that's one of the main things that is causing a lot of this division is because, you know, people are used to at this point that more conventional like standard kind of cinematic experience right the overall package that is like a movie you know you've got you know specific shots you know really kind of stylized shots sets wardrobes everything is done with kind of like tactical precision right to get the director's vision across to develop characters to get the story across but skin and is not really like that like you said it opens with shots of like fucking walls and ceilings which i mean that's that's one thing we'll we'll get into but you know right off the bat it's it's not conventional at all and it's got this really kind of like monochromatic uh color palette and everything that permeates throughout the entire film like there's rarely a shot in this film where there's like more than one color present on the fucking screen because it wants you to feel like, you know, it's the dead of night in this nightmare with this thing. You just kind of, I don't know, its presence lurks in this house trying to torment these kids or do something with these kids. And all the all the shots are like just several, I don't know, seconds or even minutes long shots of like toys and uh, interior decorating and the most you pretty much see of any human being is like their feet or their back or something, except for a few really creepy shots of faces, which may or may not even be faces, but that's essentially it. Like, it's just not your typical horror movie. And I think that's really rubbing a lot of people the wrong way who have grown accustomed to seeing horror movies presented in a very specific kind of way. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't follow any specific formula. It's just as, like, random and, like, empty and confusing as our dreams. And I think that's, like, what it was trying to do. Like, that's Mm -hmm. why, you know, this is experimental horror. They're just, like, doesn't follow, like, any specific tropes or anything. It's just, like... And, I mean, the two protagonists are kids. And Mm -hmm. the one antagonist is, like, a demon. Like, who literally, like, spoiler alert, like at one point and like kills the boy multiple times and then brings him back to life just to kill him mm-hmm. again and when you see that blood splatter and he shuts the girl's mouth and like cover like yeah. sews her eyes shut or whatever the fuck like it's 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 really like it's it's meant to be nightmare fuel it's not meant mm-hmm. to be honestly i would not even call this a movie this was <laughs> a a experience this was a yeah i i felt like those long drawn out shots in the house were there to make you know like this is their infinity this is where the kids are this is their entire world and even the shots of like the toys on the ceiling and then the toys disappear and then the hallway turns into like a 10 mile long hallway with the light Mm -hmm. at the end of the tunnel like it's it's made to let you know like there is something definitely supernatural and nightmarish going on and that these kids like the rest of their entire existence is going to be in this house like for whatever reason who knows but I feel like it's like some sort of purgatory or something like that. 
I think the kids, both of them, like, actually, no, I think, I don't think the girl died. I think the little boy died when he fell and hit his head. That's why his sister, like, Mm -hmm. really doesn't say much in, like, the movie, you know, other than talking to their parents, because, you know, that's what the boy would expect of his sister, you know, to want to talk to their parents and be like, where are my parents? And then that's why at some point, like, the girl's eyes and her mouth disappear, because, like, in dreams, you know, that nightmares that I've had, like, sometimes people's faces disappear, because, you know, your brain can't, like, keep up with it anymore. Your mm-hmm. brain is, like, burned out on, like, giving these people a face, and eventually they're just, like, this blob, and you realize, like, you are the only person in this dream, and yeah, it could exactly. be that the kid fell and he's in a coma, and this is what he's seeing. That That's actually, um, like, my wife and I's prevailing theory, and it's kind of the most obvious theory, because right at the beginning, as you said, there's this whole dialogue from the father about, oh, he like fell and hit his head. So it's like, okay, maybe he's got like brain damage or he's in a coma or something. And he's having this just forever fucking crazy nightmare. So I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the thing, you know, this movie doesn't really give you any answers because it wants to just be what it is. It's like you said, it's an experience. It's a nightmare. It's not even something metaphorical, really. Like there's no real metaphor to, I mean, you can kind of look at, the characters of like the mother and the father and how they're presented and think like, okay, maybe there's some trouble, you know, maybe they're split up and that, that division right there, that separation is causing a rift in the family. Maybe something else is even going on. Maybe there's some kind of abuse or who knows, right? I I don't know. I mean, it's implied, I think at the beginning that the the mother and the father are not together um, in, in some fashion. But yeah, I mean, overall though, it, it's really just about presenting this crazy, seemingly random, just kind of dreamscape that just kind of sucks you in and it's very unsettling, but yeah, there's not really any type of typical linear story or anything like that. I mean, there is stuff that happens. There is technically a plot. There is some progression more or less, but, but yeah, that's really, yeah. I mean, it just seeks to kind of take you back to when you were a kid, you know, if you were a kid who had nightmares like this, I mean, I know for me, when I was a kid, I would be a little afraid of the dark. Like I wouldn't want to leave my room because I, I don't know. I just had these, um, lingering thoughts, you know, that like something could jump out from the corner or like even one of my parents could suddenly turn into some kind of like monster or demon or something like that. And those thoughts scared me. And I did have nightmares as a kid when I lived in like, you know, that Hamtramck house and everything. Like I had nightmares of like monsters and stuff. And I didn't really recognize any other people that I knew in my dream. So this movie kind of hit home for me at least just because I've been there and I've had similar kind of experiences but it's definitely not a movie you should go into expecting to like watch like a movie movie for sure no it's more of like uh like we said it's just like imagine inserting yourself into someone's nightmare and then you're trying Mm -hmm. to make sense of like what they're seeing and like i guess this movie is supposed to be maybe like a analysis of a of a kid's psyche like or something yeah. like that or maybe some sort of like mental disorder or who knows what you can like draw from this you can you can make up 80 million stories that all make sense and mm-hmm. then tie them back to the imagery and what's going on but honestly like 
I feel like it's just made to be like, this shit happened and now this is happening and here's what happens. Like, yeah. this movie is basically like, here's this, like, and here's what happens. And like I said, the long drawn out shots, like, which honestly, if we cut out about 30 minutes of those shots, I think I would have enjoyed the movie more. But yeah, I, I know those shots were just for an emphasis on them being stuck in this empty infinite house like this mm-hmm. it's infinitely and it's infinitely empty and it's infinitely their reality but i feel like it's uh, the kids really stuck in a coma because what do you do like when you like what what causes you to wake up from a dream right either you jump from a high height in your mm-hmm. dream and you wake up or like someone you love is murdered or you're murdered so i feel like the kid you know his psyche is just trying to wake himself up so he's like, all right, let's something happen to my sister. And then that still couldn't wake him up. And then he got the demon in his dream, who's also mm-hmm. him, to kill him multiple times so that he can wake up. And then he saw that he couldn't wake up. And then at the end of the movie, finally, he sees like this white light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, finally, I get relief. And then he goes to the white light and then it's the demon again. So like he realizes that like he's just basically stuck there. That's my take on it. I think the kid's in a coma and he's trying to wake himself up. Or his brain's trying to wake him up by, like, giving him, like, the same triggers that would cause a normal person that's sleeping to wake up. I mean, even people in comas, like, say, like, um, like, it, it feels, like, not really like a dream. It feels like, like, I don't know how to explain it, like, someone's whispering in your ear and stuff like yeah. that. Like, like, it, it's not really like you're losing time. It feels like exactly what that movie is, like, showing, and I'm wondering if like the creator was like inspired by people in comas and wondering like what do they see and then what does based on what we've learned in life like what do you see when you're in a coma like if you're an Mm -hmm. atheist you'll probably see nothing because you don't believe in that but if you're like religious you'd see demons and angels and gods and those would be the things you'd get trying to wake you up and stuff like that and i think it's just really interesting that they would take a kid and be like all right what's what's in this kid's fucking head like what scares this kid like of course monsters and his family disappearing and his sister Mm -hmm. being hurt and then him him being murdered multiple times like like imagine that imagine being murdered over and over and like the thing that's murdering you can do it as long as it wants like because like remember it was like i can do anything like Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's that's terrifying. I feel like that was his brain telling him, like, dude, I can, I can literally do anything besides, like, mm-hmm. you know, wake your ass up. But as long as we're in the confines of your psyche, like, you're gonna suffer because I feel like he's suffering in his coma because his brain, you know, because of self-preservation, is literally just it keeps doing stuff to keep on trying to wake him up, and it's not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean that like I said that's that's why I think that the coma thing is probably the most likely but it is cool that you can draw a lot of your own conclusions from it too you know and and I think that's one of the things that I do like about this movie is that it doesn't just hand you all the answers on a platter because we don't need more movies like that I mean if you have a a, a linear type of film where the story kind of has to progress in a certain type of way okay that's that's one thing but when you have a movie that really it's its sole focus is to just try to unsettle you and instill these kind of like this this fucking nightmare syndrome into you then then it's a whole other thing you know you don't really necessarily have to have a satisfying i guess 
conclusion like any satisfying answers necessarily right because that's not the point of the film so i think i i I think ball you know definitely accomplished what he set out to do although that doesn't necessarily mean that the movie is good or bad it's just it is what it is and obviously a lot of people think the movie is is ass you know that's i don't necessarily agree with that i don't let me just say this i like the movie i don't love the movie i think they could have done more to kind of assuage like people with with some more scares maybe or just some more stuff going on like you said all the all the fucking shots of the wall stuff i get it but yeah it was definitely a bit much you know if if this was like a 70 minute movie then I would have been like dope. Like that's the perfect yeah. one time for I mean, it. He but. has a he has a short film, which is basically yeah. like a prequel to Skin and Rink on YouTube. If you just type in heck, it'll be the very mm-hmm. first video. Yeah, I, I have to watch that still. I have not, but I, I am aware of it. I mean so. there's a movie kind of like this with a lot more going on, honestly. I think you'd enjoy it. It's on Tubi. I had to rent it because like I kept hearing about it and it was super hard to find. It's called He's Watching. So oh, okay. it's these kids a teenager and then like a preteen boy a girl is the girl's a little older and their dad disappears in the midst of a pandemic and they're at home and like there's this like demonic presence that keeps fucking with them and then you gotta watch it like this is i'll check it out this is kind of it's it's like it's like if skin and marink was was like actually made into like a movie Movie, but this this movie's actually also like very like non-traditional and it originally just started out as a project i heard and then the director became obsessed with finishing it so Mm. the ending and the explanation as to what was going on seemed rushed that's only because like the guy who's recording the movie with his those are his two kids in there and he like really got obsessed with finishing this movie so he like basically like came up really quickly with like why why what's Mm. happening is happening but i i think that's our i think that one should be talked about more because well, like, okay, look, I'm going to be honest. As a movie, Skin of Marink was bad, if if I'm going to be honest, as a movie. As an experience, it was very unsettling. As, yeah. as if you immerse yourself in that. Like, because horror movies, I don't watch horror movies to be immersed. I watch them to be entertained, and I was, mm-hmm. I was not entertained. I was just like, I felt like I was like having a schizophrenic episode <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. But... You know, I I get that though, but at the same time, at least I'm of the opinion that we definitely need more movies like this because it's good to challenge the status quo, you know, every once in a while. Like, it's good to have challenging horror movies. I don't think it needs to be all shit like Skin Rink because then it's just too much. Like, I was going to say, because like... I'm going to flip out and have a get... fucking panic attack and die before, you know... Yeah, <laughs> like, I was going to say, if we... I get to see anything else. If we do get more like Skin Rink, then like if all movies like follow on that trend then it's going to be the same with like the 1980s and 80s mm-hmm. slashers and we don't yeah. we don't need copies we just want people to like do more stuff that's like in your head don't think about tropes don't think yeah. about anything like i mean one movie that i can think of like that i had no idea what the fuck was going to happen while i was watching it was a dark song i think that oh, yeah. i think that was an experimental horror movie that was fantastic that was like yeah, a 10 out of 10 one like yeah I mean, even like the behavior clinician at my at my job was like, I was like, "Have you seen a dark song?" He's like, "Dude, yes," and I was like, "Okay, cool. Like you're weird like me, but <laughs> I think we need more like a dark song and like 
and that movie wasn't really divisive at all it wasn't even well known mm-hmm. and the people yeah. that watched it actually liked it there's even like a really similar movie um on tubi that's actually really good that's similar to that one and it's called the atoning where mm-hmm. there's this family uh-huh. and they're trapped in purgatory and then halfway through you realize that they're all in purgatory because of something that the dad did because like spoiler alert none of them are alive mm-hmm. they're like stuck mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, yeah i i don't want like core to just be stuff like this you know and another another one is that was divisive is like mother for example you know but i like when stuff like this comes out every so often because if all we got was you know like studio system horror films it would just be so fucking boring you know just imagine stuff like uh i mean even though okay smile for example was okay right but that's a good example of like a studio system type of horror movie that's just very yeah. redundant of like shit like Sinister and I don't know, name any fucking supernatural or curse movie yeah, released like, by like a major film studio in the last 10 years. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like it would just be so boring. So stuff like this coming out, stuff like uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. I didn't really care for that movie, but I just like stuff like that coming out that challenges the sort of status quo of like what horror is or should be and just introduces something a little bit different into the genre something where we can sit down and and have that type of experience because a lot of people do watch horror movies because they want to be unsettled or scared and you can have that while watching something like i don't know caveat for example right that was awesome film that was more like a movie movie but it was also super disturbing but i'm just saying we want to be scared as well and stuff like skin rink if you can really get into it and kind of have an open mind will accomplish that for you and it also allows other filmmakers to do similar things because this movie has like done very well it had like a fifteen thousand dollar budget it's made over two million dollars insane and just because like it got leaked from a film festival or something and people saw clips of it and were like oh this shit looks weird as hell <laughs> and now it's yeah, like TikTok, super successful tiktok you know? really did it i remember the first time hearing about it it was a video on tiktok that had like hundreds of thousands of likes and they were talking mm-hmm. about skin and rink and i actually found the link to skin and rink before it ever came out like i have it saved in my bookmarks i just never watched it i was gonna go come around to it but like yeah i'm glad i waited to see like yeah what all the fuss was about and like Look, I get it if you like this movie, and I get it if you don't like this movie, but don't go around telling people, if you like this movie, you don't know what horror is, and yeah, at, at the same time, if you did like this movie, don't go around saying, oh, I'm smarter than you, that's why you didn't get it, because you, you didn't want, like it, because you didn't understand it, like, no, it's just not some people's taste, like, I, I don't like sci-fi horror that much, and that's just me, you know, like, fucking some people don't like vampire movies and some people Mm -hmm. don't like boo haunted house paranormal movies like and that's okay like you find your thing and you can stick with it but don't limit yourself and don't like put yourself in this box to where like i'm this type of horror person i'm that type of horror person like at least try it and see because like who knows maybe an avant-garde movie will come out that you actually do like or Mm -hmm. a vampire movie will come out that you actually do like and then you'll have something to like you know it might become one of your comfort movies or one of your favorite movies of all time like i never watched the thing like i said because i'm not big on sci-fi horror and i can say honestly the thing is one of my favorite horror movies ever it's so good Mm mm-hmm you never yeah. know open yourself up watch them um, you don't have to take my advice F- do or don't fuck you but still you know like 
give, 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 give it a chance. Even give it like 20, 30 minutes. And if it's not for you, then just change it. Like, just be like, look, yeah. I didn't like the movie. Like, but to sit there and say, this movie is not good. Like, what does that even mean? I mean, mm-hmm. good, bad, you know, like righteous, evil, like all of these are yeah. subjective things that humans just made up. I mean, even stuff like morality isn't even objective. It's all based on like ethics and like making the world a better place like you know like stuff like that so like and movies are not that complex as morality like it's it's not good or bad it's i think it comes down were you entertained mm-hmm. for me if i was entertained to me the movie was good even if it was subjectively like in terms of like according to film critics and mm-hmm. and technical aspects even if it was bad it could still be a good movie to me because i was entertained yeah and I mean, there's different definitions of entertainment too. Exactly. You know, so I mean, for for me, you know, I I like being entertained by something like Cemetery of Terror, but I also love having like a this visceral type of unique experience with something like Skinnamarink. And yeah, I'll totally admit that there were lots of aspects to it that were a little off-putting, and I wouldn't call it a great movie or anything, but. I still enjoyed it for what it was and horror has always pushed boundaries. Let me just, you know, say that. And if we didn't have something like, I don't know, Blair Witch Project, for example, coming out, pushing boundaries, doing something a little different, we might not even have found footage as it is, right? Exactly. And, and piggyback off that fucking paranormal activity, you know, if that movie didn't come out, well, I don't know. The Some people might argue that that would be a good thing, but... Like- yeah, like, those exactly. movies might, might not have come out. We would have had this slew of like boo haunted house movies. Yep, it follows another good example. You know, so so th- there's always horror movies out there that are going to do something to uh, try to upset that status quo, or at the very least, or at least just to be creative. And I think that's what Skin and Marink has definitely done. And I also like that it's kind of awoken this sort of big word of mouth. Uh, trend again you know well not just it but also Terrifier 2 these movies have become very successful just based off of word of mouth alone and I like that fact because it is also challenging the whole studio system with their humongous marketing budgets and I I think that you know it's, it's a turning point for horror we've got stuff like Infinity Pool coming out it's not all just dominated by stuff like Scream or Halloween anymore which is great and so that's why I like to see movies like Skin and Marine come out because, like I said, it just it, it offers a little bit of variety. So. And it gets people talking about the genre more. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure even some people who aren't even horror movie fans, they watch Skin and Marine and they're like, ah, I don't like that. Well, maybe I'll try a different horror movie. Maybe I do like horror movies. Maybe this one just wasn't for me. And then, you know, they get into the genre. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think we've uh, talked about Skin and Marine long enough now, but... Our, our general kind of consensus is, Sam, I mean, I know for you, it's it's an okay movie, but I know you also appreciate a lot of the more unique aspects of it. For sure. I pretty much agree. Is it worth checking out? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I would check it out. I mean, you, like if you're one of those people who like instant gratification, like you watch TikToks, like 30 second TikToks, like yeah. it's not for you, but if you can watch something like fucking Nightbreed, then mm-hmm. you can sit down and watch this movie. I mean, Nightbreed's long as fuck. Speaking of which, today's the anniversary, so happy oh. happy like 40th birthday Nightbreed or something, 30th. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's insane. Well, happy uh, anniversary, Nightbreed. And if uh, you have not seen Skinamarink yet, we definitely encourage you to at least give it a shot. It, it is a difficult film to take in, but I think for some of you, it may be worth the effort. Um, for some of you, if not, then that's totally fine too. But either way, let us know your thoughts. If you have seen it, tell us what you think. Um, of course, you can reach out to us in, in a lot of different ways. Now we have a YouTube channel. Just search for Grave Discussions. We've also got lots of other social media. Uh, where can they find us, Sam? They can find us on gravediscussions.net. That's our main site. But you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I think we are also on Amazon Music now, if I'm not mistaken. That's, that's wild. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> so pr pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find Grave Discussions. Just search for us. And then, of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. I don't know if you already said that, but if you're not uh, following us on social media, please do so. That's where you can find all the latest updates and even interact with us. So definitely go do that. But that's going to do it for episode 104. Beans, uh, if you have any suggestions for anything else you'd like to see us cover, please drop us a comment or a message. Otherwise, we're going to sign off here. And uh, we'll be back on Grave Discussions. <laughs> new year, new fear.